It's time to dive into the latest news and updates from the Vegas Golden Knights. This is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Well, three games down for the Vegas Golden Knights in season number seven. It's episode number three of Nighttime at Noon. So three, one of the lucky numbers, but four and one are also lucky numbers so far. We'll talk about why. Ashley Vice here with Darren Millard inside Studio 31 at City National Arena. There we are. Here we are on Fox Sports Las Vegas as well as streaming on all of your Vegas Golden Knights digital platforms. It's a Monday as the camera's rolling and all of my stuff is falling. I wonder who you were talking to. You were staring at the, the camera. Desk. I was looking at the camera. We weren't on camera. The radio listeners don't know that, so... You know, they can't see the candy we have spread all over the desk either to give us. We need to have a sugar rush. It's almost Halloween. Anyways, hot start for the Vegas Golden Knights. We're going to hear what happened at practice today from Bruce Cassidy as we get notes sent in from him and his availability. Uh, William Carlson's going to join the show. That'll be the highlight. Always a good day when you get Wild Bill in here. But myself and Darren Millard, Shane Knighty, uh, we're going to be giving him lots of shout-outs because he's very disappointed to be missing he is. nighttime at He noon. always uh, enjoys his time here on nighttime at noon. Uh, William Carlson uh, popping by in a little bit. Uh, anything in particular that you want to pick his brain with? Hockey-related or not hockey-related? Because a little bit of yeah. both. A he, little you bit can of both. go any direction with Will. Uh, we know that he's a big soccer fan. His son's name is Beckham. Mm-hmm. I've been, Star Wars I've been pretty deep into that Beckham documentary on Netflix, so I want to pick his brain about that. Uh, what about you? Uh, I want to talk about uh, the, the fitness, and he's a big, like, super uber uh, fitness guy. And what was the challenge coming back from a short summer and all the expectations as a Stanley Cup champion and then getting back into it? Was it hard, easy, uh, seamless, or a bit of a had to drag in? See, there you uh, go. A very up. focused question. You see, Darren <laughs> is the focused one today. My mind is on Netflix. So, Netflix is good. Uh, do you, are you a numerology person? Uh, I am not, but I love when there's meaning behind things. So I'm hoping that three identical four-one wins to start this season means something. You have anything for yeah, me there? Yeah, no. It's it's just uh, crazy how it's worked out. It is. And uh, the other night, uh, it just set up for the empty netter for another 4-1 win and to be able to blitz through the Pacific Division and be able to score convincing and controlled 4-1 wins and to be able to follow it up with the balance that we're seeing but still uh, some pretty solid individual performances and performances by lines. Uh, There's a lot going right. I don't want to say perfect, but the injuries and the absences uh, is not perfection. You want to have everybody being able to go, uh, so that doesn't fit into it. But it has been perfect the way everybody that's been in the lineup has been able to perform uh, from the goaltenders right on right on up. And you could certainly make a case that four ones in against San Jose and Anaheim should have been six, seven ones. Yeah. But, uh, but in every aspect, uh, with the power play starting to find its, its footing uh, against the Ducks has really been solid out of the gate. I, I've seen the 4-0 start. We watched that firsthand. This is as just as convincing, maybe more impressive, uh, with an opportunity to match that uh, franchise best 4-0 start because of the distractions going into the week. Yeah, you mentioned injuries. We're going to hear what Bruce Cassidy has to say for sure, and we'll keep you updated on that. But Will Carrier was on the ice. He was in a red non-contact sweater, but he was skating on his normal line. So who knows what will happen with him. Encouraging. Brett Howden as well. His suspension is now up. 
ironic that it's against the Dallas Stars because his overtime goal really set the tone right. for that series at T-Mobile Arena in game one of the conference final. One of the more creative goals that we saw yeah. last year in the Stanley Cup playoffs, coming in from behind the net, had the great chance, uh, that rush, and then uh, flipping it in off Jake Ottinger and, and banking it in across the line. And he was the first one in the rink that knew it was in yep. uh, before anybody else, uh, even the referee who was standing right there. So uh, I, I thought uh, Brett Howden, with all due respect to uh, the, some of the star players, was the MVP of this team's training camp. The versatility that we showed and uh, and the production that uh, that he showed, being able to fit in with his regular line mates, but also play center and get back to more of his roots in, in that uh, regard and skating with Michael Amadio, his good buddy. I, I thought there was some, some really great progress on top of the confidence that he displayed last year in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And when you're looking for little tea leaves on players that could have a, a breakout season, mm-hmm. because there was a big step forward for Brett Howden last year. Uh, Nick Hegg is one of those players on, on the blue line uh, offensively. Where does his game go? Uh, William Carrier or Nick Watt, 20 goals, I think is certainly within reach for both of those players from what we've seen the last couple of years. But Brett Howden could, like a Chandler Stevenson, just take it to another level. Blossom. Blossom. And you mentioned Nick Hague's name. Since he does already have a goal, mm-hmm. you did predict a big offensive season for him. Only because so because the, the puck is coming off his stick so fast. And it's not just the Hager bomb, which he scored on. Yeah. It's more the what we call the sifter, the wrist shot, just trying to get it through. And that is just having some, some has some zip to it. And he's gone to a stiffer stick. Yeah, so yeah, the, you did the investigative journalism on this. So yeah, there's there's the flex hear. of sticks, yeah. like golf clubs, yeah. and uh, where it's uh, flexible or a regular shaft or extra stiff or going down the list. Uh, sticks are measured in numbers. And the trend over the years, the last five, six years certainly, has been to go to a more flexible, whippier stick. So uh, most guys would use under 100. Now, for sure. And there's players in the league that are in the 70s uh, with that regard. He went the other way. He was 100 and then has been dialing up and is now at, a, at 110 just because he likes to lean on that. Now, he's he's a big kid, 6'6 six, six and 240, and being able to uh, lean into that. And so he, he just felt like it was like a spaghetti noodle a little bit, those his words. And it uh, it's it's worked. Uh, I, I'm still of the belief that he'll score more on the sifting the puck through and the on the wristers. But if he's confident with the the stiffer stick and the Hager bombs, which he did score on, yeah. he he admitted he didn't get all of it, which kind of maybe through the defenseman and the goaltenders often defending that side. But uh, but I'm I'm looking for a breakout year there. He also changed his blade, like made the blade a little bit smaller off the top, and I don't know whether that's to get through the air faster it's it's like the physics part of it he he admits it might be just in his head but he did change the blade a little bit to to have a shorter blade and he thinks that's going to have an effect so uh howden hag uh carrier wah there's four guys right there that all had great years last year but can they elevate their game even more well and you heard Kelly McCrimmon and George McPhee say that they believe that every player is better now having Mm. been through the experience. Do you think that that's something that we're seeing already? And is that part of the reason that there are already 10 goal scorers? There are already 16 different skaters with points through just three games. The confidence 
of going through what they did and that experience of being in a high-level, pressure-packed situation and being successful in it. And everybody was successful last year uh, in in chipping in, whether it's uh, Amadio in overtime or uh, finding a spot in that wing, Howden, like the stars are the stars. But everybody had an ability to be able to uh, produce and and, uh, support uh, this group. So having gone through that and not just ride coattails and be part of it, but support them uh, offensively with production – that's that's probably the biggest reason why you're seeing the the benefit of the of this opening week and the the distractions from last week were real actually oh, like yeah. there's uh, I talked to a couple of people uh, within uh, and around the team and they weren't going to hide anybody or uh, pull back from some of the experiences whether it's going to the Canadian consulate uh, the night before the last exhibition game uh, the ring dinner. Uh, and everybody, the organization was all in on that uh, and uh, just uh, making it a 10-bell affair. The the gold carpet, the uh, banner-raising ceremony, there was no pulling back and saying, hammering home, focus, 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 focus. Yeah. It was left up to the players. And there was, there was an acknowledgement that it might take them a couple of games to get into it. Or there would be a lull at some point after the opening night to rebound from it was real and it was front and center acknowledged it didn't happen which is the most impressive part of the week that they were so uh positive in their consistent performance last week which is is something that i didn't expect and you kind of wonder if that first period by aiden hill yeah and the home opener set the tone tone for that because you know, that was really, if they look at the, the points that they didn't like their game as much, that first period was probably one of them, but they felt like Aiden Hill bailed them out. So you wonder if that kind of set the tone and you know now they're kind of rolling back to normal. Let me ask you this. We've talked about the depth. We've talked a little bit about goaltending. We've talked about them getting on the board uh, with power play goal. What has been the most encouraging part through the first three games? I think the play of the center Iceman has been good, great, good, great. It's all, all the way along, and uh, you you had those pivots being able to just step right in and drive their respective lines uh, with some movement on it has has been absolutely fantastic. Jack Eichel looks as good as I've seen Jack Eichel play, and that's acknowledging the goals, but also uh, his the San Jose game, his line dominated territorially for the first half of that game and deserves so much more. Uh, so I, I think uh, Chandler Stevenson is this team's leading point producer right now, picking up right where he left off and being able to carry a line. Uh, uh, William Carlson being healthy, and, 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 and Will will join us in a little bit. And Nick Waugh. Uh, Nick Waugh, I feel like, is getting two or three great chances himself yeah. uh, a night. So uh, everything seems to, to follow uh, the, the, the center iceman and, and the way they can slot in. And having those four guys going and all going seems to have as much as Aiden Hill did in the first period. Now, Aiden Hill's performance the other night was kind of similar to Lauren Bressois in Game 2 against Winnipeg, where he just he bought them some time in that first period. They were down a game. Uh, the first period wasn't very good, and Bressois got them through it, and then they took over for the rest of the playoffs. Aiden Hill did, uh, did a lot of the same things, and they, ha- they haven't trailed yet. 
yeah. through the first three games. Never, never mind the getting through thing. the distractions, yeah. but they haven't trailed yet in, in this season. Back-to-back games, a member of the Vegas Golden Knights has taken a hit up high, mm. and Keegan Colasar has dropped the gloves. What message do you think Keegan Colasar is starting, trying to spread this early in the season, and why? Accountability. That That's it entirely. Where if you're going to take liberties, and I don't think everybody, uh, this is my belief, everybody has to answer for a, a a hit. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm of the belief that there should be more calls of the instigator variety, but those were questionable hits uh, on Amadio, uh, and and uh, on what we saw on Saturday night uh, against the Anaheim Ducks, and he he didn't hesitate, and he had to wait on the second one. Yeah. And he picked his spot. He didn't run around and and try to to answer back immediately. He found his spot and. I'm sure was waiting for it, was aware of when players were coming out of the box. And uh, I think the, the accountability factor is huge and the unity and the camaraderie yeah. side of it, uh, knowing that somebody's got your back. It does, I don't think it has to happen, but to have a successful team, but it sure goes a long way. And it's it's not surprising with this group. Yeah, so things have gotten a little heated earlier than expected. Maybe Boy, this Saturday season. night was spicy. More th- Bruce Cassidy said he expected every team to play them hard, but I don't know if I was expecting that out of the yeah. Anaheim matchup. No, the, the the San Jose game for their home opener, season opener, was was flat yeah. from the from the shark side of it, and I kind of anticipated a little bit of the same uh, with, with the Anaheim Ducks, uh, given that they were. Uh, going to be in a challenging position, but they came out and played hard for their new head coach, yeah. and uh, and that was his first game uh, coaching uh, in the National Hockey League. And Greg Cronin, and yeah, there was there was a, a bit of uh, spiciness to that game. It was fun, and you expect fun and spicy well, tomorrow when it's a Western Conference final rematch as well. Gary Lawless brought it up in the post game show about Jamie Benn. Yeah, made the hit on Mark Stone, Stone. in the playoffs. You, that, that's one where you take a number. Yeah. You're, you're in the third round of the Stanley Cup playoffs, the the Western Conference Championship Series. You take a number there, and does the number come up tomorrow night? I, Jamie Ben's a big boy too. Yeah, like you're, you're not yeah. you're not just answering a hit there. You're that that'll be uh, a, a challenge. So I'll, I'll I'll be watching that game within a game tomorrow night. And guess where that will be, Darren? Where? On Scripps Sports, which brings me to this. If you want to watch your Vegas Golden Knights for free, Scripps Sports is bringing all locally broadcasted games to fans for free within the team's broadcast territory. Fans can now watch the Golden Knights on Scripps Sports through Vegas 34. Visit NHL.com slash Vegas Golden Knights for more information about Scripps Sports and television broadcasts this season. Wild Bill will be here soon. We'll talk about the big matchup in the National Hockey League tonight and preview the matchup with the Dallas Stars tomorrow later in the show. Stick with us. We'll be right back. We're back to nighttime at noon on your home for the Vegas Golden Knights, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Welcome back to Nighttime at Noon. Ashley Weiss with Darren Millard. I think I have ever, my stuff together this time. I'm hoping not to be dropping stuff all you over. You were really composed because <laughs> you flipped the book and dropped the pen and were seamless in your focus on the uh, on the monitor and the camera. Yeah, we fight through adversity on mm-hmm. this show. Nighttime at Noon, everybody. Uh, so we've talked a little bit about on the ice, most encouraging things for the Vegas Golden Knights, getting through all the distractions, good distractions, 
really good distractions. We wanted to talk about favorite parts Did you have, of the week. Uh, so between like the, the consulate visit, which was cool, there's some neat pictures uh, coming out of that, uh, acknowledged by uh, the, the Canadian consulate uh, that looks after Arizona and Nevada and uh, Southern California. Uh, that's really neat when you're when you're honored by a nation and so many Canadians on this team that it, it rings true a little bit more. And then you've got the ring ceremony and that dinner with the Elvises and and the players getting to see the championship uh, bling for the first time. The banner goes up the next night on the heels of the gold carpet, and you play a game, and then you go out and you run the table. You're three and zero with some incredible first week performances uh, that that we were able to witness. And you look back and go, how do you how do you pick a favorite? Do you, do you have to do a top five, or how do you narrow it down? What what jumps out at you? What jumps out at me is the video that played in arena just before the banner raising that started with the announcement of the expansion team, what the name of the team would be, Derek Anglin's speech, the first home game honoring the one October victims, and then took off through the journey through there. It you know, showed the, the acquisitions of Mark Stone, Alex Petrangelo, Jack Eichel. Um, I had chills. I almost had tears in my eyes. I think it really set the tone for uh, what the few minutes to follow would be like. You know, you saw um, guys with tears in their eyes as the banner was going up. I felt like I almost felt like that just before that. And I, you know, may not have been here day one, but that video made me feel like I had been here since day one. So I thought it was they did a really incredible job for, you know, all the fans who have been there uh, from the very beginning. Uh, I was thinking of a William Carlson quote in my head right there as I was talking about the fans who were there from the beginning. Uh, But that's, uh, you know, the video team did such an incredible job, the in-game entertainment and production crew. Um, I just felt like it did such a good job of tying all the emotions, all of the emotions together, uh, the happy the sad, the, the triumphs, the journey. Yeah. It's all about the journey. It's not the destination, as they say. And but that was the, the destination was pretty good. Yeah, the destination was pretty darn good, Darren. What about what about you? What was your favorite moment of the week? Well, seeing the Stanley Cup rings is so much uh, part of our anticipation over yeah. the course of the summer. What what is that going to look like? Uh, what will they do to put a Vegas spin on a traditional uh, offering for all championship teams and? Uh, NHL tends to be a little bit more uh, on the reserve side uh, than some of the other sports, but uh, but they they did a great job, and th- that that was uh, fantastic. the The idea of the slot machine, though, being out Incredible. there, and the banner to come out of that and to be raised, I didn't expect that. That was fun. That was Vegas. That was unique uh, for this franchise from where it's located uh, on on the Strip. And then the banner itself. Yeah. We've all seen championship banners in, in different uh, sports that we like or we'd like to be a li- have a little more sizzle to it. it. It might be the perfect banner with the filigree and the, the different uh, just uh, accents added to that banner. And then the Stanley Cup just seems just pops off. Yeah. Uh, oh, here it off goes. that 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 banner. Yep. And it it is it is wonderful, uh, and you couldn't do a better combination of uh, sizzle and tradition than that Stanley Cup banner. And having the slot machine reveal 
three Stanley Cups, yeah. and then the banner come up uh, was absolutely uh, fantastic and, and perfect, uh, perfectly executed on every single level. I liked, too, that Aiden Hill pointed out the banner immediately after the game. He said he loved the banner itself. I thought it was cool that a player that I'm was with one him, of the first. Yeah. I'm thinking if I'm a player in that moment, there's so much going on that I don't even know how much I'm even taking in details. I'm more just overwhelmed with the emotion. Uh, but I thought it was cool that he noticed that right off the bat. Uh, the, we, uh, the arms uh, around each other? Yes. Along the blue. Yeah, for that those was... listening on radio, we're able to, to look at the banner raising on video right now. The, the players back. being arm in arm as yeah. that banner went up was not planned it just happened it was organic it was as Shay theodore told us the next day kind of what brothers do big moment put your arms around each other and uh, i thought that was a pretty cool aspect of it uh, in the sense when you realize that the players just did that and the stanley cup is sitting beside this giant slot machine yeah as a banner goes up vegas right all the little Easter eggs, too. This organization yeah. is big on the Easter eggs. So you had the, the Bournemouth Cherries in there on the slot machine. You had the Henderson Silver Knights logo. What else did we have in there? I don't know. But I loved all the little all the little Easter eggs and the opening ceremony um, when the Golden Knight sticks the sword mm-hmm. into the stone is actually a reference to the very first, first opening time. night when you pulled it out of the stone. It didn't miss a beat, as always. Uh, of course, the Golden Knights want to do it again. We being, want to go through all of this again. Being uh, 3-0 is pretty good, though. Being 3-0 is a good way to start it out. Good way to start it out. And we do have some news from Bruce Cassidy following skate. Uh, William Carrier, who he said was on the ice in a non-contact jersey today, is considered a game-time decision for tomorrow. So we'll wait on that. Jonas Rombjörg is back in Henderson with Brett Howden coming back from suspension. And Alex Petrangelo worked out off the ice today. Likely not an option for tomorrow, so a speedy recovery to him. As a reminder, he took the puck to the face in San Jose in that second game. Uh, did not look pretty, did not look like it felt good at all, so he was out last game and likely not an option for tomorrow. Can I just mention, I love doing this, <laughs> but hockey players are hockey players. Right? I, they're, they're, I don't get it. Oh, my gosh. Like, it's it's just it's different. Yeah. I, I don't know how, what they do when they're they're created yeah. at, at the – point of of uh coming to be fruition but other athletes will lie down and roll around he gets a puck in the side of the head gets up skates off the ice grabs the towel yep and then does it all himself does it all himself gets he the, walked gets right past us sitting outside the locker room in san jose walked himself off the ice putting pressure on his head Saying, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> it just gotta believe that it just happened. But I, I can tell you, I would be crying on the ice for still probably. I, yeah, I'd be laying right there. <laughs> I think I'd still be laying there if I got hit. In and the face. I'm not saying that as a shot to other athletes because no, I, it's I, impressive. I, we fully admit yeah. that uh, tolerance of pain is a real thing, and if if you're feeling it, there's nothing wrong with rolling around and being cared for. There. That's why there's athletic trainers. That's why there's doctors. Come out, look after you. Make sure you're okay. But hockey players, like, to to be out there and have a, a trainer come out and look at you and to have it happen on the ice, you know the player's hurt. Yeah. Because they get up and, and he's bleeding and it's it's running down the side of his face and he's just like, let's go. Yeah. 
I'm, I can't believe it. I'm sure you it's not the first time he's been. You hope he's on path to feeling well now. Well, working out is a big it. thing, right? Yeah. Being able to do that, that, that. I'm sure there's some swelling, obviously. Uh, and and I, I'll go back to nothing bleeds like a head wound. Like just they they do uh, a lot of times will look worse because of the amount of blood. But uh, but I'm sure there's some swelling there. So there's probably some some uh, zippers that uh, that have gone in uh, to to hold things uh, place and, and close it up. But being able to work out, Bruce Cassidy yeah. saying that, that's the most encouraging thing I've heard in a couple of days. Yeah. And Will Carrier being close is a big thing for the Golden Knights as well. As good as people have been stepping in, mm-hmm. he's a big part of that fourth line and its identity. Well, I think I think it's positive, too, looking at Jonas Romberg and what he did mm-hmm. coming up. And there is there is some confidence in there Jonas. There was. <laughs> in, in playing, playing in that spot in particular, he talked to us like he was more at home on that line with Keegan and Nick Waugh. And he played like it. And he had chances. He had the great setup uh, to Nick Waugh for his goal in, in San Jose. And being able to make a, the best move I've ever seen, a one-on-one to score his, his, his empty netter. I, I, w- I will be watching to see what this does to Jonas Rombierg the next time that he's, he's called up. Because I, we may have had one of those breakthroughs with a player trying to establish himself at the next level. He has my early favorite quote of the season so far. Talked to him before his game in San Jose and said, how do you feel different? Yeah. How are you different than maybe the last time you came up playing an NHL game? And he said, oh, I'm the same Jonas. Yeah, I'm the same Jonas. <laughs> same Jonas. Yeah. Same Jonas. And we know that we have the same William Carlson, no matter what he does, always the same Wild Bill. We yeah. hope that he will be here to join us very soon. He'll definitely be here uh, by the end of the show. But we're going to head to a commercial break. Hopefully he's here when we get back. If not, we're going to break down the Connor Bedard tour. Ready for that? It, and it's been a wild Wild ride, wild ride, wild bill. We're just going to go wild, go wild here. Okay, but first, want to get the inside scoop on the Vegas Golden Knights 2023 Stanley Cup run? Purchase It Hurts to Win, the official inside story of the 2022-2023 Stanley Cup champion Vegas Golden Knights online or at any of the team stores. Written by members of the Golden Knights organization, including chairman and owner Bill Foley, president of hockey operations George McPhee, general manager Kelly McCrimmon, and select players, It Hurts to Win includes on-ice accomplishment, behind-the-scenes storytelling, anecdotes, and vignettes that will be shared for the first time. It Hurts to Win is now available for purchase in-store or online. We'll be right back. Live from City National Arena, this is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Welcome back to Nighttime at Noon from Studio 31. Ashley Vice and Darren Millard with you. Desperately missing Shane Knighty, who I know really misses our jokes and positivity right about now. But Darren, uh, we promised everyone that we would be talking about the Connor Bedard tour. As you said, we're going on tour. That's right. Uh, I want to talk about the insane week for this kid. Uh, he started... In Pittsburgh against his idol Sidney Crosby. Then he went to Boston. Best regular season team in NHL history last year. Montreal on Saturday for Hockey Night in Canada. Show's kind of a big deal. A lot of eyes on that one. Tonight in Toronto facing Austin Matthews. We'll talk about that in a second. But then he goes to Colorado and then back to Chicago to face none other than the defending Stanley Cup champion, Vegas Golden Knights. I am tired just reading that. And and he's a... A big story, the story, in every place that he goes yeah. right now. Add on top of that, 
the center of the hockey universe in Toronto. Yeah. Uh, the birthplace of, of hockey in, in, in Montreal. Yep. Not physically or, or geographically, but uh, we all hold Montreal in, in such high esteem. Uh, you're, you're against Sid, and everybody wants a piece of him. And it's going to be the biggest challenge to the Chicago Blackhawks is to give him some, some room to breathe, yeah. uh, especially out of the gate like this. It's it's not like he's going to some small markets and they can get away with sheltering him. Uh, you've passed through Toronto and uh, the national networks there need need him want him yeah. have to have uh, a piece of, of Connor Bernard Montreal's uh, the same thing his parents were were there at, at that game and then you get around to the the Vegas game he's against Vegas and then they come here right mm-hmm. after so uh, with with that side of it so it it is uh it, it is a challenge he, he's been as delivered though uh, yeah. or as expected uh, with his uh, with his delivery oh. yeah yeah it's it's been it's been great to see uh, from a young man who is on the Shire side of things, and uh, this is not in his uh, wheelhouse. He's not a natural at, at all the attention, and this uh, this has been a baptism by fire for him. I think ESPN, his first game, TNT, yes. his second game, Hockey Night, or I know Hockey Night. It was Hockey Night Canada on, on Saturday. Yeah, yeah that's. Like you yeah. said, and that's kind of the... And then Toronto, which will, I assume, is going to be a national game uh, tonight. Just think. just a midweek uh, midweek game. So if, if you don't see Connor Bedard, it's your own fault because he is available on yeah. virtually every every platform. Austin Matthews trying to steal a little bit of that thunder. Yeah. You know, Six goals in two games going for three Third straight hat trick. Yeah. And wouldn't that be wouldn't that be interesting with the uh, one of the great phenoms of the game? Yeah, Austin Matthews, one of the most anticipated uh, draft lotteries up there with Sid and Connor uh, McDavid. Yep, and Connor Bedard, uh, Austin Matthews being able to come back. He it wasn't like he was ever healthy last year. There was always something bothering him. Yeah. Uh, a year ago, and. He's he's gone back and forth with McDavid the last two years. Uh, he won the Rock Richard, the MVP, uh, two years ago. Matthews did, and then McDavid came back and just asserted his own dominance or reestablished himself as, "Hey, don't don't push me. I'm I'm I can score goals too if I want." And and he did that and uh, and scored uh, sixty plus and and uh, with the performance of the ages for for this era of the game. So uh, it it does look like there's a, a great uh, whether you want to call it the main Wayne and Mario uh, part of it or the Sid and Ovi yeah. battle that we saw over the years. Uh, it it's it's fun to see these two players try and one up each other. And Matthews knows what it's like to be hyped so young. Yeah. His first NHL game, he scored four goals. Four goals. And you covered that game. Yeah, I did. That's that's sad when you look at uh, classic games that are that are on TV and you walk by and you go. I don't. I you don't have game. to call 2016 I'm, classic. I'm, we don't have to go crazy now. That'll did, even make me feel old. I did, we can't I did be calling game. 2016 classic. <laughs> but but the, the guy scored four goals yeah. in his first game as a National Hockey Leaguer, and he's now eclipsed that for the best like opening week start yeah. uh, that, that he's had. That Toronto team's going to be uh, one of the most intriguing 
clubs to watch this year. Whether or not they run away from everybody in the Atlantic Division, uh, can they get through uh, some of the challenges uh, with their uh, their blue line? Uh, I think it's good, but it's got some, some holes. Uh, new general manager, uh, they kept the coach. I think there's some reasons to really like uh, Toronto as being the team in the Eastern Conference. There's always just that stubbing of the toe somewhere along the line, mm-hmm. whether it's at the very end or midseason, that, that holds them back. Part of me uh, has that feeling of this could be the year. I don't like to throw that out with Toronto because I'm usually the one uh, giving Reeling you reasons. The Toronto yeah, fans yeah, back in. Yeah, <laughs> uh, like trolling them. Like there's no way it's going to happen this year. It it does does give you that uh, that feeling. Uh, John Tavares' long term future. Like we're getting to the end of of the uh, the runway here for for him for last crack. So I I like what I'm seeing out of Toronto and what they've been able to do to keep the band together going into this year. They got over the hump by winning a series last year. Does that progress into something uh big? But t- tonight tonight's a, a two-person game yeah. in, in that regard, Matthews and Bedard. It should almost be like there should be the game on the screen and then ISO cams in, in and following each player in a little box yeah. up in each corner with Bedard and Matthews and just watching them do their do their thing because uh, it it's going to be fun uh, really uh, a Should lot be of TV fun. executive well, uh, that I, yeah yeah you know what uh, I I do think Connor Bedard I have this comparison uh, description of him he shoots like Matthews he has a release that rivals and can compare to Austin Matthews with both its uh, speed, with its strength, because there's there's fast shots, there's hard shots, and they can be totally different. But he's got both, and it's a quick shot, uh, but he's got the speed of McDavid. Like, he is an unbelievable combination of those two players, and I, I can't wait to watch what he's able to do inside the best league in the world. What difference do you notice? How can you, I guess, put into words how different it is when you're watching a guy, uh, McDavid, Matthews, Bedard, in person versus on TV? Because, you know, even yeah. the visiting teams are advertising Connor Bedard is coming to town to sell tickets yeah. in a lot of these places. How, how do you digest that, explain it to fans? Well, I, I think our sport is the hardest one to capture yeah. on television. To, to be able to have people... Uh, embrace what they're seeing and be able to relate to the speed uh, and to be able to uh, be able to feel the physicality uh, of our game. It's just, it's, it's always been the one challenge and there's been different uh, areas and, and it always makes, makes progress. And the, the different data points that we see mm-hmm. uh, that, that, that are popping up now is an, is another great, uh, great uh, product uh, of our game. But, being able to watch these players in person, that series against Connor McDavid uh, was was wonderful to watch in person last year. It was a privilege to be able to to, to be able to sit in the building and, and watch him. But if you ever get a chance to watch a uh, Sid, which he can still do it, uh, mm-hmm. different different style, not the speed, but the strength and the the edge work, uh, to a uh, Kucherov who can find spots and has speed, to a Bedard, to Ovi who's yeah. setting up. Uh, it's it's there is a difference to watching them on television and watching them in in person. You mentioned Connor McDavid's name. 
you don't ever make too big of a deal of the start to a season. Obviously, you want to get off to a good start like the Golden Knights have. It's less of a hole to crawl out yeah. later down the road, but not the start the Edmonton Oilers were looking for. No, they got humbled 8-1 yeah. by Vancouver in the first game and then lost a nail-biter in game number two, swept by the Vancouver Canucks division rival in the Pacific uh, in, in games one and two. Uh, I think uh, defensively they they were not ready to play in the in the opener, and Vancouver has some some real enthusiasm about their yeah. group. It's I don't know whether they can make the biggest step uh, like uh, what uh, Ottawa or Buffalo or Detroit are trying to do this year. It's challenging in the Pacific Division, but there's some uh, enthusiasm around that group uh, with different individuals. Uh, the the second game in Edmonton, uh, they scored early, first two minutes of the game. And you got the impression that uh, Edmonton was going to just flip the f- switch and hang an eight spot on on Vancouver, and it, and it never happened. Um, uh, defensively, they're still not there. They 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 are giving up too many good chances. Uh, I won't put it all on goaltending, but they got to make make some saves. Uh, I thought Drysaddle and McDavid were were just fine, but both played a lot. Like we're yeah. talking twenty five minutes. In That'll the first first two games, mm-hmm. and I know that uh, Jay Woodcroft leans on that, and he makes no apologies to that. Uh, and he talks about there's no moral victories in the game, and then talked about how there Saturday was a moral victory, which kind of puzzled me uh, a, a little bit. But uh, I, I just I think that the being having to lean on that already, and being able to not get the wins out of it, just causes. It, it won't matter at the end. They'll make the playoffs. But just it, they've created a story mm-hmm. and some adversity where it didn't need to exist. And that will be um, one of those ones to see how much uh, rope they use up early on with the media and with the fan base there and, and Canada obviously being a hotbed. Something you and I were talking about earlier, the Golden Knights look ahead to game number four. There are a lot of teams who have only played one game. The Dallas Stars yeah. are one of them. How do you feel? I personally think that's good to have that start early because you get, you know, maybe those breaks later in the season when you need it. And on top of totally. that, they've made it through these three games with these injuries, and they've come out with three wins. Yeah, they've they found a way to win and uh, and beat teams that they should beat. But that's also the challenge. Like yeah. you don't want to be. Uh, the, the concern for me in the opening week was you don't want to be distracted and give up games to teams that you would normally beat in November or January mm-hmm. uh, because you're into the rhythm. Uh, and they were able to to get by in those games and, and win those games. But for a team like Dallas, played one game and then they'll play their second game tomorrow night, you don't need your rest now. No, Nobody needs the rest. They, you could have paced people during the preseason and and hit the ground running. And this is like your coaches don't like it because they're having to come up with different creative ways to keep their players focused. And there's only so much teaching you can really do because you're, you're ready to go. You've 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 done this uh, uh, hundreds of times. I just it's it's a wonky schedule. I wouldn't like it at all. Uh, I thought Vegas, with their schedule against uh, a good rival in the first game, and then a couple of rebuilding teams, two and three, and to be able to to capitalize on it uh, was obviously perfect. But it didn't put you into the heat of the fire right away, even though you were playing big games. It was a great job by the schedule maker. And it gets cranked up tomorrow, and we have another way you can watch that game. Oh, yeah? Before we How? go to break. Yes, Nighttime Plus. 
Watch your Vegas Golden Knights this season with Nighttime Plus. Download Nighttime Plus today on your smartphone, tablet, computer, or television. That's how it is in my house. To watch the 2023 Stanley Cup champions live for less than a dollar per game. It's a pretty good deal. Nighttime Plus delivers all locally televised games on Scripps Sports as well as bonus content created throughout the season. Download now to tune in all season long. And Darren has a thought before we had to break. Uh, we're on Nighttime Plus right now. We are on Nighttime Plus right now. Shout so out to all the there Nighttime we are. Plus. So if you're enjoying it, tell yep. everybody. Yeah, spread the word. You can do it. Spread the word while we go to break. We'll be back. We're back to Nighttime at Noon on your home for the Vegas Golden Knights, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Welcome back to Nighttime at Noon from City National Arena. You've heard enough of Ashley Weiss and Darren Millard. We have saved the best part of the show for last as we welcome William Carlson. Will, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. How was practice? It was good. Um, a lot of a lot of noise, and uh, yeah, uh, the boys seem to be uh, having a good time out there. Apparently you had a good, nice little two-on-one rush where you dangled Ben Hutton and gave Ammo a beautiful mm-hmm. feed. Yeah, and then he missed the net, the goalie, and hit me in the back of the knee. So, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Ammo. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a nice one before that. Uh, how, how do you feel? Because you didn't get a lot of preseason time in, and then you hit the ground running with the three games. Yeah, no, I, I feel good, actually. Um, obviously, I had a little rest there. Um, during the preseason, but I came back and uh, I feel strong and, uh, yeah, I feel good. How did the first three games feel for you? We were talking about all the outside distraction, all really good distraction, but what do you think was the key to getting off to the start you did despite everything else going on around you? Uh, I think we turned the page uh, rather quick and, uh, you know, got into it um, fast and didn't really, you know, think of it we had we had a good times but then you know it was all down the business i've been we've been handling that part uh pretty well i think doctor a few of the uh, different people around the organization and they've been honest so you got to promise to be uh flat out straightforward here uh, the stanley cup ring is in the house have you do you walk by it do you put it on every day how long how many times have you just slipped it on and went this is pretty cool well, uh, I see it every day, every morning. I walk by it. Uh, it's a great reminder. Um, I've had a lot of calls lately too, uh, where I show it up, show it off for uh, friends and family. So uh, I've had some quality time with it uh, this past few days. Have you mastered being able to take the top off? Yeah, yeah. I've got that all under control. So <laughs> everybody was afraid that they were going to break. It. Yeah, but uh, but now I know how to do it and put it right back. So uh, I'm an expert by now. <laughs> I think I saw a photo of your baby boy Beckham mm-hmm. with the ring. Yeah, what do he think? I feel like that's a little heavy for the little guy. Yeah, it seemed pretty heavy, but he was he was wearing it. Uh, he <laughs> he wore it real nice and uh, looked good with the bling. Where is a bracelet? Like yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, but yeah, uh, he he looked pretty cool. You uh, coming into this year, obviously so comfortable, one of the original misfits, uh, but uh, turning over the summer training to testing, your big fitness, the VO2 Max or Wingate, whatever you you love to do, the bike test. Yeah. What? Had, can you tell us how your testing was this year compared to other years with a quick turnaround? Because a lot of the guys' numbers were, were even better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we didn't have – much time to rest, I guess. So, no. uh, who were just in top shape coming back. Uh, I, I don't know why we were, were so good, but, uh, I guess, you know, the guys didn't really, 
uh, spend too much time on the couch. Uh, I was right back to to the gym and uh, you know prepare for this season. So uh, I'm impressed uh, with uh, you know how everyone's been doing during the summer and obviously the the test uh, show what we've been doing. It's so. one of the unexpected benefits of, of mm-hmm. the short summer, which I never thought of before. No, me either. I thought uh, the last time we have the. You know, we wouldn't be as good in shape, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, we, uh, yeah, we did some good stuff during the summer. Apparently, what was that turnaround like? Like, at what point in the summer did you start thinking about the season? Um, I guess like I took a month off, and then I just start getting back to it, um, and then I guess you turn the page a little bit uh, at that moment. But then you know, you got the cup day, and then come back here, and then <clears throat> we have all the celebrations. So you're reminded again. Uh, but it's all about being prepared for the upcoming season, no matter how you did in the season before. Was it easy to get back in the gym, or did you kind of have to be? Um, honestly, I, it was pretty easy. Um, yeah. I, I play with, uh, or uh, I train with uh, Alex Wenberg, who plays for the Seattle mm-hmm. Kraken, and uh, we have a good time, and uh, we like to push ourselves, and uh, our trainer's great, and uh, we, we have a lot of fun uh, training together, so... I think they they make it easy for me in the summer, and um, I uh, I do appreciate the time we have together. I think you two need to have a conversation about Beckham. So I started watching Beckham on Netflix. Mm, yeah. What did, what did you think? I thought it was a great documentary. Uh, it brought back a lot of memories from yeah. when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was yeah I enjoyed watching it. Which part stuck out to you? What memories came flooding back? Um, I think I think most the most thing that came back was all the different haircuts. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> he had a lot of different haircuts, and Which I is remember. Um, is that weird to ask? <laughs> no, no. I think one of the ones with longer hairs. I think, yeah, because you've had a couple different looks too. Yes. Yeah, I mean, but I I think you look good in all of them. Really, um, you know, even though when he didn't have hair, he looked pretty good and. He was just rocking every style, and uh, yeah, he, um, I mean, he changed a lot of haircuts. He went all the way to the buzz cut. Mm -hmm. I didn't even remember that phase until I started to watch. You actually came into last season with short hair. Mm -hmm. What made you go back to the long locks to start the season? Uh, Just because I think it looks better with the helmet on. The wettest coming out the back again. Okay. Uh, The glass. When I had short hair, there's nothing coming out, and I just thought, this looks wrong, and uh, I need to have the the, the hair for at least uh, until I stop playing hockey. And you need it to have it coming out of the cowboy hat, which is what yep. Darren really yeah. wanted to talk to you about. Yep. How long have you had that thing? Uh, I got it this summer up in uh, Vail, actually. So I was up there for two days, um, and um, they have this store there. It's called uh, Kobe uh, oh yes. Have you yeah. heard of it? K-O-B. Something right? like yeah. that. Yeah. Same or whatever. Uh, and they make hats, like custom hats. And uh, we walked past the store and we said, why not? So we, everyone in the family got one, Emily got one, and, and Beckham has his own too. So uh, and that's how um, it came about. And then, yeah, they just said, oh, maybe you should wear it for the, the gold carpet. And I was like, why not? I'm probably not going to wear it too often so was that the first uh, time you you wore it yeah yeah yeah
I like the cards too. Yeah, I like that. Was that was too. that your own choice? The cards on no. Um, it was actually, I think it was Emily and whoever worked there at the store. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was their idea, and um, I loved it. I thought it was a great idea, and then kind of like um, they put like a little fire on it, so it's like kind of oh, a burnt ma- card. Yeah, yeah, it's a burnt card. So it was. Uh, it's a nice detail, uh, and I really. Like how it, I like how you one up Cotter. Too. I was about with, to ask with, with the new because it's a new fedora for Cotter because mm-hmm. he he lost the one in the Stanley Cup final, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. I forgot about that. He did. Really? He lo- yeah. That's how yeah. he lost it. That's how he lost up in the stands. Yeah, okay. He-